Wow, Timmy's got a big hat on. Look at that hat. I think he's going to take a nap under that hat while I'm preaching. It's so big. Well, at least we'll be. A Wouldn't be the first time, though. Wouldn't be? Well, I look. I I told people I need to start charging for putting your children to sleep when I preach, because that's right. I mean, I I need to get paid for that, man. That's there's those childcare workers get paid a lot of money to put your children to sleep, right? <laughs> Proverbs chapter three, verse number thirty-one. We are going to talk about the oppressor. Boy, isn't that fitting? And and yes, this was planned before what happened last night, but. Uh, talk about what the Bible says, there's another character that we're introducing here, and that character is the oppressor. And it's important for children to understand what, what God says about oppression, what God says about the oppressor, and, um, and the warning that God gives to us about that. Uh, that's very important for us to understand. These characters are put here in Proverbs to teach you character, right? To teach you what not to follow, to warn you about certain characters in this life, certain people that, that you're going to run across in this life. Those people are, they are people that uh, can cause you great harm. Young people, if you're around them, if you, if you fellowship with them, if, you, if you're confederate with them, any of those things, if you become friends with these people, uh, they're bad people to be around. So God warns us about certain people. And the one that he warns that Solomon is warning about, or, or Solomon's mother and father are warning about in this sense, they are warning about the oppressor. And Proverbs 3.31 says, Envy thou not the oppressor, and choose none of his ways. For the forward is abomination to the Lord, but his secret is with the righteous. Father, please help us now as we look at the scriptures. Thank you for them. Thank you for your church. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for Christ. Lord, we just pray that your spirit would drive home this truth to us here today. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The oppressor is, it's one that oppresses. That was weird. Anyway, the oppressor is one that oppresses and imposes unjust burdens on others, one that harasses others with unjust laws or unreasonable severity. You think about that, unjust laws, right? Now just take a look at last night, right? Take a look at that example of that. Here is just an absolute operation of unjust people. They gather around you, you're not harming anyone, you're not hurting anyone, you're not breaking any laws, you're exercising something that has been, reckoned, that has been given by God. Amen. It's not given by them. Amen. That's why we can look at them and we can say, look, you don't give us the right to do anything. When they walk up and say, look, we don't mind if we're here. Well, I really don't care if you do mind if I'm here. What does you minding me being here have anything to do with anything? Amen. It has nothing to do with it. It's irrelevant. Like, why even say it to me? As if you're the law. You're not the law. Doesn't matter. What is that? That's an oppressive nature. Amen. It's oppression. That's, it's not just, first of all, because they don't obey the law themselves. 
that you want to know who the lawbreakers were last night? It was them. They were the lawbreakers. It's just like, it's just like the, uh, when we talk about 501c3. Our church isn't a 501c3 because we're not lawbreakers. <laughs> They're lawbreakers, those 501c3. They break the law. They don't only break God's law, they break, they break the law in the United States. Churches aren't supposed to be corporations. And corporations aren't supposed to be churches. Plain and simple. But they're lawbreakers, right? We're not. We follow God's law. But that's one that oppresses and, and oppresses and imposes unjust burdens on others. That's exactly what they did. That's a perfect example of that. Why was it unjust? Well, behind us, we have a rock concert going on. In the middle of the square, in a tent, they have a rock concert that you can hear for a mile away. Right? And they're banging that rock concert, and they're banging it, and we're standing out on the sidewalk trying to be heard. And we can't be, and they're saying, well, you can't be heard. What is that? It's unjust. That's what it is. They're just, they're oppressors. That's what they are. They harass others with, they impose unjust burdens on others, one that harasses others with unjust laws or, and, or unreasonable severity. It, it, that word oppressor, it's power when employed to relieve the oppressed and to punish the oppressor becomes a great blessing. That's what Webster put in his definition there as far as it becomes a great blessing when power is employed to relieve the oppressed. Do you know that's what the Bible says in Romans 13 that, that any law is to be a terror to evil works, not to good works. Any, anything. That's why God's laws in his word are just. Because God's not oppressive. God's righteous. And he's not unjust. He's holy. Therefore, it's impossible for God to be unjust. So we are introduced to a new character here, the oppressor. Number one, we are, we are first told, envy thou not. Oppressor. You're not to envy the oppressor. Envy is a very dangerous thing. That's the first thing I want to talk to you about. One of the most dangerous things in the heart of anyone saved or lost is envy. If you become envious, you're dangerous. Envy is a dangerous emotion to hold on to. If you begin to look at other people's lives and what other people have, and, and you become envious over them, it's a very dangerous thing. It will cause you to do things that are irrational completely. You will not understand why in the world is somebody acting this way. Because they're envious. When you can't figure out why somebody does something and it becomes that strange, many times it's because of envy. Envy. The children of wisdom are strongly tempted sometimes to envy. Turn to Psalm 73.
Asaph was tempted to envy. Children, sometimes you may see the prosperity of the wicked. You may see it. What's that? Oh, it's this cord? Okay. 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 You may be tempted to envy the prosperity of the wicked. All of us may be tempted to do that. You look around and you see, well, they don't have the same struggles that I have. They don't go through the same things that I go through. Man, it seems like they get away with everything. They get all the breaks with everything. Asaph warned about it. He said, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. This is a saved man. This is, I mean, I understand this is Old Testament times, but he is a, he is a man of God and he is, what is he? He is envious. He looked around and he says, for I was envious at the foolish. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked, for there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men, right? Don't tell me you've never done that. You've never looked around at the world and people and thought, you know what, man, they don't go through what I go through. Why do they have this money? Why do they have this? Why do they have that? Why do they get to do this? Why is their life like this? Why, do, why don't they have the same things that I go through? Why don't they have the same things? Why don't I have the same things that they have? It's a temptation to become envious at the wicked. Envious of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued. That word envy, it means to feel uneasiness, mortification or discontent at the sight of superior excellence, or reputation or happiness enjoyed by others, to repine at another's prosperity, to fret or grieve oneself at the real or supposed superiority of another, and to hate him on that account. So you look at their life, whether it's Christian or lost, whatever it is, and you become envious of their life, of their prosperity, of what they get to do, or their, their so-called liberty or freedom, or their financial gain, or their, maybe their marriage, or their, their family, or their finances, or whatever, and you, you're tempted to become envious of that. You begin to hate people over that or hate because of that. Men will do a lot of nasty things due to envy. If you begin in your heart to practice envy towards others, it will lead you to evil acts. Harboring that envy in your heart will lead to evilness. It leads, it's discontentment, discontentment. Envy and discontentment is the greatest danger to the Christian life. Right now, any one of us, if we become unsettled, if we become discontent with where we are at, you are capable of destroying everything around you. I am not kidding. I am being dead serious. You'll destroy your marriage. You'll destroy your children. You'll destroy, you'll attempt to destroy your church. You'll attempt to destroy other people. Why? Because of envy and discontentment. 
Be content with such things as you have. For the Lord has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And that has to be enough. And it is enough. I'm telling you, and I'll tell you one of the most dangerous people here right now that can do that are wives. If you become as a wife discontent, if you become impatient, if you become discontent with what God has given you, with your home, with your husband, with your, with your children, with your family, with any of those things, envy will well up in your heart and you will be looking for something else that is better. Something else. Young people, the same thing goes for you. You're in a place that you have to be patient and grow. And you have desires of your heart that you want to accomplish. You want to see happen. Maybe it's uh, future, it's marriage. And, and uh, for young men, maybe it's career and, it's, and it's, it's marriage and it's finances. And it's all of those things that you want to grow in. And you're impatient at times. And, and, and you, you, you want it right away. That discontentment can destroy you. It will. It will. If it's given... If it's given freedom in your heart, it will destroy you. You'll become impatient and you'll make decisions based on that. And you'll destroy. You'll destroy your family, your home. Some things in this Christian life I have marveled at and the Lord has revealed to me at different times through his word, not through some spirit or not through some, some extra biblical revelation, but right through the word of God. God showed me, Lord, why would somebody do something like that? And God showed me through his word, well, it's envy. That's why. People will do that for envy. That envy is pain and uneasiness, mortification or discontent, excited by the sight of another's superiority or success, accompanied with some degree of hatred or malignity, and often or usually with a desire or an effort to depreciate the person and with pleasure in seeing him depressed. Envy springs from pride, ambition, or love. Mortified that another has obtained what one has strong desire to possess. Remember what the Bible says uh, about Pilate, what he said, for he knew that the chief priest had delivered him for envy. The only reason they did, like, it made no sense for them to deliver the king of the Jews, right? They delivered him for envy. Joseph's brother sold him into slavery, what, for envy. You will see things happen. Children, do not envy the wicked. Do not envy the prosperity of the wicked. Not let alone just the wicked, but the prosperity of the wicked. That's the real temptation. You're like, well, I don't want to live like, like, I don't want to do those bad things. Well, you may not want to do those bad things. But what you look at is the things that they have. And you think my life would be better if I had those things. If I could do some of those things. Or if I, if I had the opportunities and the things that those people have. What you are doing is envying the oppressor. Because many of those people got what they got. The successful people in this world that I watch people model themselves after. They model themselves after oppressors, right? Your success better not be, be measured by the things that you have. 
but by your walk with God. But by how much you love the Lord and how obedient you are to him. That's the true measure. Don't envy the oppressor. People will do terrible things due to envy. Envy destroys marriages. Envy destroys relationships. Again, be content with such things as you have. Be thankful. Envy causes people to be selfish, to become self-absorbed, to be reckless and destructive. They walk around and they're so self-absorbed that everything has to be about them. They make everything about them. They don't care what struggles anybody else is going through. It's only what they're going through. It's because they're envying what somebody else has. They're becoming self-absorbed in their life. God doesn't want you to do that. Paul even said, some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife. Some also of goodwill. Some of them preach Christ out of envy and they just wanted to make Paul's life hard. Like they actually preached harder so Paul would be abused more. (laughs) He just knew what they were doing. You know what Titus 3.3 says about the law? It says, for we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. God's word has a lot to say about envy and not to envy the prosperity of the wicked, not to envy the oppressor. Turn your Bibles to James chapter 4, verse 4 through 5. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God? Do ye think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? He's talking about the flesh. He's talking about your fallen nature inside of you. I'll tell you what, you'd be very dishonest if you tried to tell me and I tried to tell you that we don't have to struggle with that envy. It'd be dishonest. Now, I'm not asking you to tell me just like you're not asking me to tell you. I'm just telling you human nature. James says, what does James say? Do you think that the the scripture saith in vain? You think God's just saying that in vain to you? Or is he warning you that the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? People in ministry can be that way. You can become that way in ministry and you can be so driven. You can be so driven by that. That you're driven to envy. It's dangerous. Parents, it starts with children young and we have to put it down. We have to teach them properly. We have have the spirit in us that lusted to envy. So even with toys and other things that children have, we teach them to be thankful and not to be envious of others. Even their brothers and sisters that have different toys and different things. 
you know, Gideon is really young and he's, he's little and he's the youngest one and he sees his brothers and his sisters have other things and he thinks he's got to have them. Right? And he thinks he should have it just because they do, so he wants it taken away from them and given to him. Well, I don't care if he's younger. You don't do that. That's teaching him to be an oppressor. No, it's not yours, son. You can't have it. That's what you teach them, no. You know, 99% of the people in America, you know the problem, why, you're, why you have all, they have all the problems they do? No one told them no and enforced it. For the most part. No one told them no. And said, and I mean, no means absolutely no. Otherwise, no is going to mean how long, how long, no only means however long I can get you to hold out by harping on you and, and getting you to give me what I want. Amen. Don't do that. With, don't let children do that. And we don't do that, right? Now, you can go to God and you can ask God like that. That's different. Because he's God and you can ask him all you want to. But... We're, but when parents and authority tell their children no, it needs to mean no. If you teach otherwise, then we're teaching disobedience and rebellion. No has to mean no. Otherwise, don't say it. Because you'll raise a bunch of confusing, confused children. Right? Envy is a very dangerous thing. It's the first step to becoming like the oppressor, by the way. That's why he warns about it. It's the first step. So he warns us, envy thou not. Envy of the oppressor may result in choosing his ways. A conviction that there is anything belonging to the oppressor that can be envied may lead to becoming oppressors ourselves. Number two, what or who is the oppressor? Now, if I am not to envy him, then I must needs know who or what this man is so I do not become like him. So I do not envy like him. Crackle. I think it's okay. Or who she is, by the way, because there are a great deal of women that are oppressive women. Some of you were raised by some. They're oppressive women. Right? It's not just men that can be oppressors. It's women that can be oppressors. Anyone can. I'll show you. The Bible says children. Look. Look at Isaiah 3, 9 through 12. The show of them of their countenance doth witness against them, and they, decide, they declare their sin as Sodom. They hide it not. Boy, doesn't that sound like last night? They declare their sin as Sodom. They hide it not. Woe unto their soul, for they have rewarded evil unto themselves. Say ye to the righteous that it shall be well with him, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Woe unto the wicked, it shall be ill with him, for the reward of his hands shall be given him. As for my people... Children are their oppressors. And women rule over them. 
O my people, they which lead thee, cause thee to err, and destroy the way of thy paths. Where did they come from? The children that were oppressors. You raised them. They were raised oppressors. They were taught to oppress. To oppress means to load or burden with unreasonable impositions. To treat with unjust severity. We don't raise our children with unjust severity. You'll teach them to be that way. Yes, things have to be stern. Yes, they have to be correct. But they don't have to be unjust. I'm telling you, do not become unjust between your children. Don't take favorites. Don't do any of those things. Be consistent with your correction and your instruction. Don't build up a child to take one's word over the other constantly like that. It can be unjust. And by the way, a child will use that to manipulate. That's why things have to be even-handed. They have to be just. The oppressor. They oppress their unjust severity, rigor, or hardships. I like this definition that Webster used, as to oppress a nation with taxes. Or contributions to oppress one by compelling him to perform unreasonable service. To overpower, to overburden as to be oppressed with grief. The oppressor is one who imposes unjust burdens, who crushes others to raise themselves. They don't care who they step on to get what they want. Now, the chief oppressor is the devil. And we are never to be like the devil. If you desire to be like the oppressive of this world, then you are wanting to be like the devil. That puts it in perspective, doesn't it? We should not be oppressors because the devil is the chief of them. Turn to Acts 10.38. The Bible shows us that the devil is the greatest of oppressors. And Jesus came to set the captives free. Acts 10.38 tells us how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. He healed all that were oppressed of the devil. That's you. He's still doing it. Jesus heals the oppressed of the devil. That's what he does. You notice I don't have Greg Locke's occult burning here. I don't have his... Uh, I don't, we don't have it set up here today like Greg Locke and the other charismatics that are setting up uh, to burn all these books, and, and, uh, which there's nothing wrong with. I'm all for burning bad books. Amen? I'm all for burning bad movies. I did it. We shot them, actually. It was kind of fun, wasn't it? But, but, but we're all for it. We made a mess of Andrew's house, man. His yard out there, man. <laughs> Boy, that was a mess, but it was a fun mess, wasn't it? But I'm, I'm all for burning that stuff. Amen. Right? But what I'm not for is uh, lining all your children up on a daily basis and, 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 
and casting devils out of them. Like you're changing your oil, like they said. It is wicked. It's wickedness and confusion. The Bible says Jesus heals the oppressed. Malachi 3.5 tells us, and, and I will come near to you to judgment, and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, and against the adulterers, and against false swearers, and against those that oppress the hireling in his wages. Wow. You mean God really cares how you treat employees? How you treat people that work for you? Amen. He not only cares, he watches. Amen. God watches and sees that if, if people oppress others. That's pretty specific, isn't it? Against those that oppress the hireling and his wages. The widow and the fatherless. And that turn aside the stranger from his right and fear not me, saith the Lord of hosts. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Amen. God says, I don't change. I'm not an oppressor. I don't change. Like, you always know where you stand with God. It's right in his word. I'm going to say that again to you. You always know where you stand with God. It's right in his word. If you want to know where you stand with God, you don't base it off your feelings. You base it off his book. If you try to read your feelings and the way you feel about everything and you try to base your relationship off the way you feel, well, you're going to be very discouraged. Why? Because your feelers are all messed up. That's why. Your feelers aren't accurate. Your feelings change momentarily. Your passions and desires change momentarily. What doesn't change? Jesus. He said, for I am the Lord. I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. You're not consumed because of God's grace. Because he never changes. That's why you and I are not destroyed. That's a principle. Paul says it. He lists it too. He lists it about the immutability of God. And he tells you that God doesn't change. He doesn't change. That's why God can be trusted. What can't be trusted is your feelings. They can never be trusted. But God can always be trusted. Because he doesn't change. Amen? His rules don't change. You get that? His laws don't change. Jesus didn't come and change the law. He fulfilled the law. Amen? I've had some, some people say, well, you think that, that Jesus could obey for you. No, I think Jesus did obey for me. That's the difference. Yeah, I do. I think every single ceremonial law and moral law was fulfilled by Christ. And that I am justified because of that. He not only, he not only I, don't, I don't just think that, I know that. From the Bible, I know what God says. You better understand something, and I'm not really preaching on this, but I will right now for a second. You know because of the scriptures. You don't know because of the way you feel. Do you get that? The bait when he says, these things have I written unto you. 
that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know, I just want to yell, that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Wait, so my knowing is not wrapped up in the way I feel? No, your knowing is wrapped up in what is written. That's what he said. I think they heard me over there. Amen. They, we know by what is written. Goodness. Don't lose sight of that. That's where your assurance comes from. From what is written. Not what is felt. Jesus never went on how he felt about things. When he, when he fought the devil, he fought him with the word of God, what was written. The same way you do. I mean, he could have literally took Satan like a home run hit and whapped him across the universe away from him. And then when he came back, he could have just kept doing it. Or he could have just whapped him out of existence. If he wanted to. Why couldn't he? He can do whatever he wants. He's God. But he didn't. What did he do? He did what you have to do. Fight with the word. That's how much God lifts up his word, even above what? There you go. Amen. Man, that's good, isn't it? That's where your assurity comes from. Man, that's right. Out of the mouths of babes. I think he was scared of a fly, but it still sounded good. It was great timing, all right? Do not envy his character, though the oppressor. There is, by the way, the oppressor is always unjust, generally heartless, and often cruel. He is no rarity in society. He is a common character that you will face. You will see him daily. He belongs to all spheres of life, secular and sacred. There is a political oppressor who crushes nations by unjust laws. Well, what do you mean by that? Oh, I don't know, like uh, standing up in the open air and preaching and threatening arrest to people. Uh, I don't know, making you go to work and then stealing like 30 to 40% of your pay. I mean, do you think that's unjust? Right? Yeah, he preached to me, render unto Caesar. I'm like, he got everything, man. I've got none left. He's already got everything. Caesar done stole it all. And the pizza. He ain't little Caesar. He's fat Caesar. He is fat Caesar, man. He got everything. Right? But we thank God because God does supply our needs. Amen. So we're not complaining, but we're telling the truth. It's unjust. Anywhere that would be unjust. In God's eyes, it's unjust. Did God take that much? He didn't even institute Israel to take that much, did he? Look back at what God did. I know we're not Israel. I'm not confused about that. I get it. But I'm saying, look at the principles. Did God take everything? Did God tell them to take everything from those people? No, in fact, he warned, don't do it. Don't oppress these people. Don't oppress the hireling and his wages. It was reasonable. It wasn't burdensome. But they're not God. They're burdensome. They want to oppress you. 
Because their system is antichrist. It's all culminating, right? It's all coming down to it. And I'm, by the way, I'm not complaining. I'm preaching. I want you to understand that. Like, I'm not complaining. Oh, you're so, no, I'm not complaining. I'm preaching. I'm telling you exactly the truth. That it's unjust to do that to people. Because God said it's unjust. Not because I do. God says it is. To squeeze people like that. Ephesians 6, 4. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, right? Our, as fathers, we can't be oppressive. Do not envy and do not emulate the ways of the oppressor. We're to be careful as fathers and mothers not to be oppressive. Colossians 3, 21. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. If your children believe the louder I yell or the more oppressive I get, the more I force my will and get my way as a father or as a mother, that's a terrible way to raise children. That's a terrible way to raise them. That shouldn't be that way. Exodus 3, verse 9 says, Now therefore, behold, the cry, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. God says he looked down and he saw what they were doing. Exodus twenty two twenty one: Thou shalt neither vex a stranger nor oppress him, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. The Bible also tells us of the oppressor that he has fury. Isaiah 51, 13, And forgettest the Lord thy maker that hath stretched forth the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth and hast feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor? As if he were ready to destroy? And where is the fury of the oppressor? See, this is God speaking when he's looking down at the oppressor. He says, well, where's his fury against me? Like, what is he going to do to me? Well, he ain't going to do nothing to me. Like Pharaoh and all. Who is that God that, and Nebuchadnezzar, the visage of his countenance changed and his fury came up. And he says, who is that God that will deliver you out of my hands? Well, he showed up. He showed up to make sure he knew who that God was. And then he turned him into a, a bumbling animal and a fool, right? That crawled around on his belly. Some people say seven years. Seven, I don't know. I think it's probably seven years. I don't know. I don't know how long it was. It's been a long time. It says the sight of the sun, seven, I, I don't know, seven months, I don't know. I never really studied it. All I know, it has to do with the number seven, and it wasn't very pleasant. Because he ca crawled around, and he scratched himself like an animal, and he ate grass like an animal, until he knew what? That the Most High reigneth over kings. By the way, that's still the same day. To, <laughs> they say, well, render unto Caesar... Yeah, you're right. What's Caesar's, though? We belong to God. We don't belong to Caesar. Like I said, we don't fight them over money. They can have their stinking blood money. I don't, we, don't, we don't care about their blood money. But you ain't shutting us up. We'll die for that one. That one is worth dying for. We'll die. We'll die for that one. You can have all the money. I don't care. I don't care about that. But you're going to tell us you're going to shut us up and we're not going to preach. We'll die for that one. 
That one we'll, we're, we're fine with. Okay. Amen. Take us home. We're going. Amen. Because there ain't nothing else worth dying for besides that. That's, right. that's, that's what he saved us for. It's worth dying for. Envy thou not the oppressor, said one. Oh, how bewitching is power. Very bewitching, isn't it? Every man desires it, and yet all hate tyrants. But query, if all had power, would not the major part be tyrants? Right? If they had the power, wouldn't they be tyrants? Envy thou not the oppressor, that man that gets wealth and riches by acts of injustice, by oppressing the poor, by rapine and violence. Do not envy his prosperity and the substance he is possessed of. Do not wish to be in his place and circumstances, to enjoy his affluence and ease. Do not look upon his happiness with an envious eye and a fretting heart. He is far from being a happy man, and his end will be bad. Look at Psalm 37. The Bible says about his end. I'm telling you, this is important as you kids grow up and you understand and you get to working in this world. If you ever start lusting after money and, and, and lusting after the things of this world and it drives you, it'll destroy you. You'll become an oppressor and you'll step on everyone and everything to get where you want to go. Psalm 37, 1 says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Don't look at those people and be like, man, I wonder what life would be like like that. Well, I know where life like that ends. It ends in hell. Amen. So whatever they have in this life, it's fleeting and it goes away. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Then he warns us in that next verse, trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. And there's so many promises, I have to stop. I wrote this in my Bible everywhere. If you look at this, I wrote promise next to a bunch of these. This is when I was going through a really hard time about seven, six, seven years ago. And I wrote promise on all, every single one of these is a promise of God. Every single one of these that God is promising his people that he will do this for them. Amen. What God will give you is far better than any man could ever give you. The Bible warns us to choose none of his ways. He is to get his riches. Do not follow him then. You do as he has done and get ever so much since this would be with the loss of your own souls. Of what advantage would it be? He makes the best choice that chooses the good part that shall not be taken away. Luke 10, 42. This is the good part that shall not be taken away. We must not envy the, the prosperity of evildoers or oppressors. Caution is this with that which is to be insisted upon. Envy not the oppressor, though he be rich and great, though he live in ease and pleasure, and make all about him to stand in awe of him, yet do not think him a happy man, nor wish thyself in his condition. Choose none of his ways, do not imitate him, 
nor take the courses he takes to enrich himself. Never think of doing as he does, though thou wert sure to get by it all that he has, for it would be dearly bought. Like what one man says, he says, now to show what little reason saints have to envy sinners. Solomon here, in, this, in the end of this chapter, compares the condition of sinners and saints together as his father did in Psalm 37, 22. He said, for such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they shall be cursed of him. They that be cursed of him shall be cut off. Sets the one over against the other, Solomon does, that we may see how happy the saints are, though they be oppressed, and how miserable and wicked are though they, those that be their oppressors. Men are be, to be judged as if they stand with God, and as he judges of them, not as they stand in the world's books. You don't judge man by how, how this world judges them. You look at success, and if you judge success and prosperity the way the world does, you're a fool. You don't judge it by how the world judges prosperity. How are they seen in God's eyes? And how are you seen in God's eyes? If I am a child of the king and I operate in integrity, then that is more important than me being successful in this life. If I have been honest, if I have you know, paid my bills and done things the right way and maybe have a ton of extra stuff, but I have done what God has commanded me to do. I have preached his word. I have sacrificed my time to see souls saved. I have given unto the Lord's work. I have done those things by the grace of God. Then that is success. Joshua success. Then shalt thou make thy ways prosperous. Then shalt thou have good success. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That's, that's success. It's not by what the world does, by what their success is. Charity of fools and the wickedness of fools. Justly covet what those men have, which men of violence acquire. Success and wealth may follow from severity and extortion, but the man who acquires prosperity by these means is not to be envied, even by the victim of his oppression. You, you've been oppressed. The man of violence is one who grinds the faces of the poor and whose conduct is rapacious, violent, and unjust. Choose none of his ways, literally, and choose not all his ways with a view to acquire the same wealth or greatness or power. I'm telling you, you're going to go out there and work in that world and you are be tempted to, for the, with the prosperity of fools. You young people are going to be tempted by their violence. That's how they acquire most of what they have. They don't acquire it by doing right. Most of them. They grind the face of the poor. And they keep them poor. So what you're having in America now, you're having an erasing of any middle class to turn to absolute wealth and absolute poverty. And that's by design. That's by design.
to grind the face of the poor. Did you know that there was a, again, I think this figure is right, but I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's right. I thought I heard this number. A $22 billion transfer of wealth in America that took place during COVID. Guess who lost the $22 billion? You. <laughs> Us, collectively. Who got the $22 billion? Them, <laughs> which doesn't include you or us, <laughs> right? Now they get it by violence, right? Big tent, you ain't in it. That's right. That's how they got it. They got it by violence. Yeah, hey, listen, we understand God takes care of his own. We're fine. We get it. We're not complaining. We're telling the truth. That's how oppressive, you want to be like them? You want to, people look up to these politicians, really? You want to be like them? I don't want to be anything like them. Amen. They're wicked. They practice deceit and wickedness and violence. They practice deceit, wickedness, and violence. The Bible says the righteous can be tempted by the ways of sinners. That's what he's saying. Because of their prosperity and their success, you can become envious of them. We must remember that God will judge the oppressor. First command is to envy not the oppressor. So getting envy out of our hearts, we are told why we should not envy the oppressor. In the next verses, for the forward, for the forward is an abomination to the is a bomb bent on his own gratifications, the indulgence of his own passions. That's the opposite of the Christian life. We're not willed, passions and desires. We're to be driven by the will of God, by the word of God. What's your purpose? You say, what's my purpose-driven life? Your purpose is Christ, to follow him. That's your purpose. Not some stupid, do your purpose right away. And then I wouldn't have wrote a book on it, I wouldn't have made any money on it. Because there's already been a book written on it. What is your purpose? Fear God into glory. That's your purpose. You don't know what your purpose is? That it is. It's the purpose-driven life. They always call the title. It's a great, but the purpose-driven life is found in the scriptures. Not in the CFR, the CFR uh, man, uh, Rick Warren. Not the He's going to eat the I won't. Not Pope's uh, lap dog. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, James chapter 2, verse the Bible says, do not rich press and dribble the judge seats. <laughs> Is that what they do? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which ye are called? Is that what they do? You see, as one so turned and said, all the oppression are done under the sun. And behold, the tears such as Christ and no curter. On the side of their oppressors, there's power, but they had no comforter. You think I'm going to say, think the people comforted? No, they're the most miserable people in all the world. They're a bunch of misers that can all they get and get all they can. Then Ecclesiastes 5, 8 says this. Thou see the oppression of the poor and violent, perverting judgment and justice in a province. Marvel not at the matter, for he's higher than the earth, and they're be higher than they. God's watching. Man, one of the serious things I've ever seen, a little child old and like some foreign country. He's holding up a sign and it says, I'm going to go you do. 
and those people murdered and bombed. And that right there is that may want to cry until God you did. I leave it you. Mm. That'll get you, man. For the, the way, so these are men get richer. Merchant working with great horror over all Babylon to make me. And I refuse to give my children to any of them. Nope. Nope. Not so you go kill people. Use my children to kill people and then use and then kill my children. Nope. Not hypnotized. I got the book. It tell me who on the low side. Hey, lay plain. You're warned here by the by the for his abomination Lord. This seat is with the righteous. Curse the Lord is in the house of the kid, but blessed the habitation of the just. She said the curse. Tell riches no way to measure. Emperor says no way to measure divine favor of God. In temp measure says the way the world does, you are tempted to be a fool. Children are tempted to follow pattern they see. If they see men like family members that are successful, those buying oppressive, they come in way at what they want. Their children should be warned of how God was the oppressor of oppression. Oppressor is not for God. Leviticus 25 says, shall not for us one another. Thou shalt fear thy God, for I am the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 24, 14, thou shalt not oppress a hired servant that is poor and needy, whether he be a brother by our strength that are thy within the gates. And his day thou shalt give his hive, neither shall the sun go down upon it, for he is poor, and set it hard upon it, seek again the unto the Lord, and it be sin unto thee. God, you make a man pay. Make sure it's his wages. Because it's oppression and it's a sin not to. Deuteronomy 27, and when we cried, Lord, our fathers heard our voice, and looked on our affliction, our labor, and our oppressions. Good case came and rested, he had power. Second Chronicles 16, and then Esau was off with the seer, and put him in the prison house, for he raged with him because of the thing, and Esau oppressed the people at the same time. He actually really good king for a long time, and he, Mount because one is. Jude 27, this is the portion of the wicked man with God, and the heritage of oppressors. There's a hedge of ulcers. Which they shall receive the Almighty. If children be supplied his sword, and his spring shall be satisfied with bread. God says there's heritage. Just like you have a goodly heritage. They have a heritage of oppression. Psalm 1017. Job 30, 16. He wrote up his affliction and put theirs in oppression. Psalm 1017. Lord, thou hast heard the desire of the humble. Thou wilt prepare their heart. Thou wilt ear to judge the fatherless and oppressed. To the men of the earth, the man of the earth may no more oppress. Who the man of the earth? The Antichrist. Psalm C10. Trust not in rash, be caught vain robbery. If riches increase, set your heart upon them. Psalm 74, Jehoiable, he shall save the children of needy. That's what God does. He shall break in pieces the oppressor. Psalm 1121, I have done judgment and justice. Leave me not mine oppressors. Verse 120, be she for thy servant for good. Let not the proud oppress me. Verse 134, deliver from man like I bet. Proverbs 14, 13, he that oppresseth the poor reproacheth the maker. He that honoreth hath mercy on the poor. Rob not the poor because the poor girl pre in the gate. Lastly, is none of his days. Why? Because God is walking, that's why, and he blesses those that reject oppression. Isaiah 33, 15, he that was rightly and completely, he that spied the gate prince, that taketh hand holding cross, that stuffeth his ears from hearing blood, shutteth the eye and see evil. He shall dwell on high. His place of defense shall be the munitions of rocks. Bread shall be given him. His water shall be sure. The curse of the Lord God will destroy them. But his blessing is an habitation of the judge. That's you and I. 
Remember, he was oppressed. We are warned of that. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He brought land slaughter, and as sheep for shears dove, so opened not his mouth. We must remember that God will judge the oppressors, because they are an abomination to him. And his curse is upon them. They will bear shame and folly. No matter how they appear across the moat, they will soon be cut off. You and I must have long looks so we can judge things proper in this prep world, and that we must walk by faith and not by fear is what the You look down through eternity. You have to look at what God says, picture of things. You can't look at the immediate trials and tribulations and struggles and anxiety on them and think, I do what I can't succeed, or to just be you tempted to do that. We must ultimately remember that our rewards are heaven. If you just think in this life to the point of, of compromising your own testimony and your own walk with God, if you like her, it's in what's mud, whether it's riches or it's prestige, whatever it be, you just things. You'll become like the oppressor. He'll destroy your life. God and to walk his word, the end of the oppressor. Not to flow end of his ways. Not to end their dishonesty. Not to envy their, the riches that they have or the promotion of fools or the promotion of their riches and wealth. You remember that, children, because you're going to be tempted to, to, to chase everything in this life. But you better measure set what it. Yes, it means I good job and I hard you all. It means set because I'm a Christian and having good character. But I don't sacrifice my family. I don't sacrifice my faith. I don't sacrifice my walk with God for money and prestige and prosperity. I don't lose my integrity in the world. If you, you're cool. Do it, friend. All these things shall be added unto you. God will bless you. Seek for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. Father, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the promises in the word of God. And thank you for the warning not to become like the oppressor. Lord, we're around them. But you promise that they shall inherit the earth. Not to sight. Help to look ahead to the future and to believe all the promise of God. Help us not to envy the wicked, the oppressor. But help us to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and lean not on our own understanding in all our ways to acknowledge you. And you shall us. Thank you, Father. Bless the food and the fellowship. Bless the music and the time together. We thank you for it, Lord. Share it. We thank you for it. Lord, don't take lightly. You've given us this church. You've given us one another to love in the world. Lord, you've given us another. Thank you. We're grateful. Oh, God, we pray your name. Praise the Jesus today. Lift up. Thank you, Father. Thank you for love unfeigned. Thank you for the Holy Ghost, Christ, and him rising from the dead. Thank you for this church. Thank you for all this in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.